With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Drive for Show DFS for Doe here on Roto Grinders. Uh, we had no golf for a couple of weeks, so I'm not sure exactly what to do with my hands. I just didn't know, you know, it's just two or three weeks off and you, you got to knock off the rust. That's just how long the golf season is. We're so used to having golf every week, but the good news is the fall swing is back. Golf is back in our lives, and it always seems like uh, an eternity, even though it's just a few weeks when we don't have any golf. So happy to be back with you, bringing you this show. I am Justin Van Zuden, a.k.a. STL Cardinals 84, and I will be hosting the show for you as I do usually every week. Uh, we've moved the show recording to Tuesdays. We do this on Mondays, kind of during the summertime, but with Monday Night Football and everything that's action-packed on Mondays, uh, during football season, we're going to kind of revert back to our Tuesday recordings generally uh, during the football season. So still getting this out to you in plenty of time before lineup lock. And I've got my usual co-host, Mr. Derek Carnsworth, a.k.a. Notorious, alongside me. Uh, Noto, how you doing? How was your uh, off season? Yeah, it's good to be back. Uh, we're a little rusty. We both got some NFL backgrounds uh, going on. I uh, couldn't find. I tried to get find the golf one quick before we went on. And I'm like, you know, football just started. We can we can still celebrate that too. So, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was good. Uh, tour championship was a lot of fun. Um, kind of best case scenario there for the tour, having two big names go at it. Uh, a lot of people hate the the setup of the tour championship, and uh, it delivered. So. Uh, nobody could complain until next year. And then uh, the BMW PGA Championship last week was pretty good, too. So uh, there was some decent golf while we were away. But now we get into uh, the fun stuff of the swing season and the Corn Ferry Tour graduates. Absolutely. So plenty of stuff to talk about here. Um, interesting debate that uh, I had somebody bring up to me today. Asked me if I was going to the Live Tour event. And turns out it's like not in Chicago or even in like the suburbs of Chicago. It's like way west of Chicago. So the live event this weekend is only like 35 minutes from me. And I didn't even know. Like I didn't know I hadn't. Somebody was like, are you going? I'm like, I don't. I didn't even really think about it. So now I don't like I don't I don't know. Should I go to the live tournament? What? I don't know what to do with this. I think you just got to hold out until they start paying you. Paying people to go and free drinks, free food. All right. So I got to be, I, I have to, I, I said, it, you know, as one of my buddies said, well, I got Bryson and Phil and I go, well, they're just sellouts now. So like, I don't really have an interest in going 
to go. I guess I could build some DFS lineups and go, but I don't know. I hadn't really thought about it. It's only like 40 minutes from me, which is weird. So it's closer I mean, than the John Deere. If you got nothing else to do, I'd probably go. Uh, you get to see a lot of good players up close, at least a lot of better players than they've had most of their events. So, yeah, I think it'd be interesting at least. Definitely more bigger names than we usually get for the John Deere. But anyway, uh, I thought it was funny when I looked up where it was at. I was like, whoa, that's a lot closer than I thought. So uh, it's kind of in the middle of nowhere, which is weird. But anyway, we're not here to talk about the Live Tournament. We're here to talk about the start of the PGA Tour fall swing, which is going to completely change next year uh, because of all the schedule revamping that they've done and, and trying to get basically what the Live Tour has forced them to do uh, to get some bigger prizes and some bigger events and there are going to be some smaller fields and not necessarily the best stuff for DFS, but we don't have to worry about that until a year from now. So it's business as usual for this fall swing, just as what we've had in the past. We'll see some weaker fields. You mentioned the Corn Ferry Tour graduates. So we've got um, somewhere in the vicinity of 50 players with tour cards. Now, a lot of them had tour cards before and went through the whole uh, Corn Ferry Tour finals process to get to keep them. And it's com complex and confusing, but roughly around 25 new players um, that have their PGA tour cards. And, you know, you'll see four five, six a year that will become DFS relevant in some capacity. Um, and, and we'll kind of get to these guys as we go through the price ranges, but maybe just a couple of names that people need to be looking out for, not necessarily just for this week, but obviously if we like them in general, we're going to like them this week as well. Uh, so who are a couple guys that have caught your eye here early on? Obviously, we haven't seen a lot of them yet. Uh, yeah, the two in this field that uh, I've at least caught my eye, Justin Suh, who, uh, you know, really big talent coming out of college, uh, won the Corn Ferry Tour Championship and, uh, you know, went to went to college in California. So he's going to be fairly popular, I would say, um, for those that want to play the KFT guys. And then Taylor Montgomery is another guy. He's a little bit older. I think he's 27 now. Uh, he's only played a couple times on the PGA Tour, but uh, huge talent. Ended uh, his Corn Ferry Tour season with seven top tens in his last eight starts. So those are a couple that I was looking at, you know, kind of in that 8K range. But I'm sure there are a lot in the six and sevens that uh, if you do a little extra research might be good plays this week. Yeah, a lot of them that are going to be unpredictable. We're not going to know a ton about until we see them in action. So it'll be fun to see uh, how this shakes out over the next couple months. But you're going to see those guys get a lot of starts. Uh, as obviously they just got their PGA Tour cards. You got some weaker fields. They're going to want to make some money. And uh, so it would be fun to see who plays well over the next uh, couple months here. All right. Uh, well, we don't have an event from last week to look back on. I agree. The Tour Championship a few weeks back was a pretty good theater there. Everyone thought it was going to be a runaway after the first day and ended up being some compelling golf down the stretch. And uh, and now we've got a brand new season, a reset button. We've had a few more players go join the Live Tour, uh, Neiman and uh, Cam Smith, among others, uh, Cameron Tringali, Harold Varner. So uh, it's you're going to kind of notice that in these fields, the first part of the fall swing, and they're going to seem a little weak. But uh, we'll kind of adjust to the to the new normal with the the field strength here, and uh, we'll see who rises up and takes advantage of uh, of the opportunity. So. Uh, for this week, we've got an event that has changed sponsors a ton over the years. It was the fries.com open. It was the Safeway open. And now it's kind of uh, been established as the Fortinet championship. And uh, what do we got for a course this week? Yeah, the old Fortnite championship. Um, the gamers right. will be uh, real excited this week. Uh, so, yeah, you mentioned it's been here. 
quite a while. Um, so we know we have a lot of course history, course data to work with. It's Silverado Resort and Spa. They're going to be playing on the North Course. Par 72, just over 7,100 yards. And uh, if you adjust it for par, it's going to be one of the shorter courses that they're going to see all season. Uh, it is in Napa Valley, so, you know, it could be uh, some wine flowing after after the rounds. Um, I, there's a lot of stories of Phil Mickelson taking, you know, guys out to dinner and just getting them you know, hammered at this event in the past and then uh, them struggling the next day. But uh, I don't think we can do anything with that information. Just thought it was funny. Um, the fairway is pretty narrow, 27 yards wide on average. They are tree-lined. The rough isn't overly penal, but uh, the trees do get in the way if you do miss the fairways. The green's about average in size, pretty easy to hit as well. And generally, I just look for ball strikers at this course. I mean, anytime you have Brendan Still win here twice, Emiliano Grillo win here, two guys are just not known for their short game. So I'm looking for ball striking. Uh, if you want to look at putting splits, these are a mint, uh, mix of bent and poana uh, grass. So if you want to look at that, don't mind it. There should be very little wind in the forecast. So I'm expecting uh, some pretty low scores this week. Yeah, I could expect some good scoring. Um, as you mentioned, the course is very short for a par 72. The par fives are definitely attackable, reachable in two for a lot of guys in this day and age of the PGA Tour. So uh, as long as the wind doesn't kick up, and you should expect some birdies and uh, and a fairly significant score under par needed in order to uh, to contend for the championship here. So, uh, all right, well, we can go ahead and... Uh, and dig in unless there's anything else you need uh, you think we need to, to mention off the top now let's get into it all right mentioned a slightly weaker field uh we've only got four golfers above 10k on uh, DraftKings this week Adeki matsuyama who many thought was going to go to the live tour but uh, he's still around max homa coming off a really strong season seems weird to see him as the second most expensive golfer in a field but he's earned it and we've got uh, Corey Connors and Thigala above 10K this week. Um, and you can probably fit in one of those guys fairly easily. I mean, it's not like they're 11 and a half K or something like that. So uh, your thoughts on the top four and uh, and whether you need to roster one at the top of your lineup. I definitely don't think you need to roster one of those guys up there. Um, you can for sure. All four of them certainly capable of winning this week. They just have a lot of question marks. You know, Hideki. Auto withdrawals recently um, did play okay at the tour championship. And then he was, um, oh yeah. So he was T nine in terms of uh, the, the start without the starting strokes of the tour championship prior to that, wasn't in the best of form. Homa one year last year, you know, from California uh, spends a lot of time out on the West coast. So I don't mind him up there. Connors seems very safe, but I mean, usually you like Connors when he's in the 8Ks and, you know, that safety means a little bit more. At 10-3, you're going to have to have a you know, top five finish from him. And then Tigala just seems overpriced. Uh, another guy that's from California went to Pepperdine. He's played here twice, so maybe he, you know, kind of gets it going. But if you look at his recent stats, they've been pretty ugly, especially in the ball striking. So I like a lot more guys in the 9Ks and 8Ks than I do in the 10Ks. Yeah, I agree. Um, and that's where I kind of started my GPP article this week. I think Connors is fine. Um, Homa, if that ownership holds, I think I'm out simply because, you know, first first tournament of a new season, there's going to be some unpredictability and and that's just a healthy price tag uh, and, a, and a high ownership number. So I think Matsuyama in tournaments, if you can stomach the risk, I mean, all of the things being equal, if we knew he was fully healthy, uh, I think, you know, he'd command maybe a little bit more ownership than that. So 
Connors and Matsuyama, um, but I don't I don't think you need anybody here. Uh, and that's because there's some solid options in the nine Ks and you, you just, you save a little bit more. So, um, and, and I know from kind of doing our, our content and stuff um, before, before the show here this week, uh, you and I are on the same page with a lot of guys this week. So that's either going to be uh, really good or, or horrible, but uh, we'll, we'll find out together, I guess. But uh, uh, McNeely, Pendrith, Cam Davis, Davis, Riley, Tom Hoagie, our first options here in the 9K range. Who are you giving an edge to there? Yeah, I went in to put in my tags and uh, almost all of them. Uh, I already had a little <laughs> I did them first, <laughs> so you copied me. <laughs> yeah, I copied. Um, so, yeah, if they go wrong, it's your fault. If they go right, uh, <laughs> there you we, go. Were on them. we were both. Fair right. enough. Um, if they do good, we did it together. If they yeah. go wrong, it's my fault. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I like Pendrith up top. Uh he was just awesome ever since he came back from injury. Um, didn't play until the in sets of players and then rattled off, I think, five top 15 finishes and six starts uh, since returning. And he did it on a lot of different courses. You know, I kind of think of him as a bomber, uh, but he did it on some of the shorter courses as well. Um, the approach numbers really came around. He's a pretty good putter as well. And, hey, Cam Champ won here, so he can definitely feast on the four-part fives. So I really like Pendrith. You know, McNeely is a California kid. Don't mind looking at him. He was second here last year, but I do prefer Pendrith a little bit. And then in the the lower 9Ks, uh, I like Emiliano Grillo at 9,200. He won here in his rookie season. I think it was 2017 or 15. I can't remember exactly. And then he hasn't won since, uh, but he does have a couple second-place finishes in the last couple months. Uh, The ball striking has been turning around. The putting hasn't been terrible. So uh, I do like him in that lower 9K range. As far as the other guys, I don't know. Davis feels a little overpriced. I never get Riley right. And then Hoagie, I mean, he could come, you know, first or dead last. Uh, he's kind of the Ricky Bobby of the of the group. And 9300 for Hoagie just seems a little too out of my price range. I tell you, having Cameron Davis and Davis Riley priced around the same is always a little bit of a challenge. Uh, it just throws me for a loop there, seeing them next to each other. And they've kind of been priced similarly for a while now. Um, you meant like Grillo was a guy who was like 7k for a decade, it felt like. I mean, he was just always priced. And so, how much better are his putting splits lately? I mean, you know, you go back a couple years, he was dead last, and I did not look to see where you know he is with any sort of recent putting form. So, over the last four months, he is. 50th in this field or 60 sorry over the last year so in 2022 he's uh 50th in this field strokes game putting and then uh, on bent and poana over the last two years he's 61st so about a little bit above average which yeah uh, i mean that's average is really what he needs to to be able to succeed so it's the the dead last in the field history that you know was the problem so um interesting to see kind of where people land on him uh, right now. We've got him pretty highly owned, which I, I don't know. I can take or leave. I, I guess if he ends up being chalky, I'll probably end up going underweight, but I do like him a little bit better than Hoagie in that range. Um, otherwise I'm on the, the Pendrith uh, train as well. And McNeely, um, another West coast kid that uh, tends to play well on these types of courses. So uh, those are my guys above 9K. And then the interesting one at 8,900 is Brendan Steele, who has won this event twice. Uh, he's made the cut, I believe, 10 times in a row at this tournament. Uh, and basically just the course 
horse for this tournament. And uh, he comes in, you know, with at least reasonably better form than what we've seen in a lot of those previous appearances. He finished out the summer playing fairly well. Uh, he's not as expensive as I thought he would be. And you know, I'm surprised that uh, that he's not super chalky. I guess even though he's made the cut here, his finishes the last few years of this event haven't been quite as strong uh, as, you know, if we go back six, seven, eight years, but still hard to argue with 10 made cuts in a row and a guy who tends to play well on the West Coast. So especially if he's only going to be 12%, I think Steele is probably the player in this kind of mid to upper tier that I'll be the most overweight on this week. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. One of the better total drivers in the field. Look at his recent iron plate. He's gained 7.4, 5, 5.7, 4.5, all in his last seven events. So you mentioned the form coming in. It's been a lot better. Uh, the putter has been holding him back, but gets to a course where he feels, you know, a lot more comfortable. Um, she should certainly have a lot of confidence. And the last few years when he's came into this event, he's been in really bad form, and he's still, you know, rattled off some decent finishes. So I do love Steele. Um, and then uh, I like Taylor Montgomery, like I mentioned uh, when we talked about some of the KFT graduates. I also like Justin Suh. Uh, so Montgomery, I think he, yeah, he went to UNLV, so he's got, you know, the West Coast uh, experience. And then Justin Suh went to USC. Um, so two guys that, you know, pretty good track record in college, um, playing well off the, off the Corn Ferry Tour that I don't mind taking in that 8K range. Doesn't look like they're going to be too popular. Montgomery at 10%. So at 12%, that's really it for me in the 8Ks. Uh, I'm always gravitating towards Thomas Dietrich, but he just hasn't shown it uh, in America that much. He played a little bit on the Corn Ferry Tour and had some decent finishes, but just nothing great on the PGA Tour. Most of his you know, success have been you know, over in Europe. Yeah, so a few notes on some of these uh, Corn Ferry Tour guys. Our producer, Devin, has the our lineup HQ tool on the screen share now, and you can see... If we look at cut probabilities, our projections are going to be a little slow to recover uh, for these new guys. So you can see both Montgomery and Justin Suh have red figures there uh, with cut probabilities below 50%. And those are both, it might look weird when you see that a few people have those players tagged up, but yet they don't have the highest projected uh, data points there. So that is just a little bit of a sample size fluke uh, given that we haven't seen these guys play on the PGA tour all that much. So don't put a ton of stock into some of these guys, you know, maybe when they're starting for the first, second or third time, it'll take some data points for our kind of automated projection tools and stuff to, to kind of catch up to their abilities. So uh, if you're wondering about Montgomery and so specifically with those red boxes there on the cut probabilities, which kind of stand out, uh, don't don't let that fool you. These are some of those young guys that we're going to see a few outliers there in terms of the projections. I think those guys are both absolutely fine. If you look at Montgomery, so here's how Montgomery finished from May through August on the Corn Ferry Tour. Fourth, second, eighth, one miscut, second, third, fourth, and ninth. So that's one miscut and seven top ten finishes. Uh, that's pretty good. So uh, that'll get you a PGA Tour card. If you go back before that, he had a 13th, a 4th, a 9th, a 15th. So this is a guy that certainly earned uh, the, the card. And, uh, and it is, you know, it's not like he's cheap either. So that the good news is, like, if Montgomery was 6,800, everybody would be, you know, kind of get, get, uh, get on the train there and he'd be really chalky. So I like the fact that the sites have priced him up a bit. 
uh, saw as well, who at least saw has a few more PGA tour starts under his belt. I believe he played this event last year as well. Uh, but those two, again, we're in agreement are the best of the young guys with some upside. Um, anything, anybody else in this eight K range that you're maybe willing to take a GPP dart on? I don't know. Uh, Woodland is very hit or miss. I would typically like McCarthy on these shorter courses, but he's 0 for 4 here, which uh, is not great. Um, yeah, I don't – not really. You? Maybe Trey Mullinax. I guess he's been good for a while. Yeah, I don't mind him. Like, And Webb always seems like, especially in a field like this, he seems cheap, but he's coming off a down year as well. Like, I'll probably end up sprinkling a few of these guys in, but I don't have a strong conviction on any of them. Um I don't know. I always usually get sucked into web. So, but that's just more of a personal thing <laughs> than, uh, than the fact that I think he, you know, is a guy you absolutely have to play. So I don't mind web, uh, if forced to choose at 7%, maybe he can rediscover some magic. All right. Uh, let's head down into the, uh, the seven K's here. Um, I'll let you talk about a few of your favorite options near the top of that range. It looks like we start to get some spread out ownership pretty, pretty much in here. Yeah, the guy I'm really confused on is Chris Kirk. Uh, I kind of thought he would be one of the more popular plays of the week. He definitely seems underpriced in this field. He's number six overall in my model. I know he didn't finish last season, you know, the best. He missed a cut at the St. Jude and then 61st at the BMW. But prior to that, he was one of the more consistent players on tour. He does have a top 10 here. Very good off the tee, very good around the green. Uh, decent iron player as well. So, I mean, I'll take Kirk. the over on his ownership. His, his ownership <laughs> yeah. will be higher than that. I, I think so too, but um, I don't know. Either way, I mean, if he's, I thought he would be like 20. So anything under that uh, is pretty good for me. Uh, PJ Splits 101, who used to be uh, on this show with us, he tweeted out um, some stats about Cam Champ. His uh, swing seasons have just been awesome. It's like an 85% cut rate, ton of upside. Uh, I think he's won twice or three times. Um, in the swing season. So one of them was at this event. So I'll take a, a few shares of Cam Champ, especially if he's going to be uh, around single digit ownership. The model likes Taylor Moore. You know, he had some excellent ball striking numbers toward the end of last season. Putnam kind of rates out well. And then, you know, Ches Revy loves his place. Uh, he doesn't rate out that well for me, but 10 straight cuts, five top 25s during that stretch. And the recent iron play has been pretty good. Yeah, I've heard some buzz around Revy this week. I think he's an interesting option. Um, and maybe that's why some of the ownership's going his way, Taylor Moore's way, Putnam. Um, I like the call on Champ. Like, Champ, not a guy that you'd consider usually on a 7,150 yard course, whatever this is. Uh, but with the par fives and, and his ability to, to send it off the tee, uh, I, I certainly don't mind taking a shot on his upside and you mentioned the swing season has been kind to him um to check into it looks like carl yuan there at 7800 i don't think he's a withdraw if that's a name matching issue it looks like we don't have a projection on him yeah he's uh his his first name is also with the y i think he goes by carl so uh, i'm gonna make sure that uh, he's got a tea time here while we're on the air just to Carl, he still has a tee time at 149, so we'll get on that. It might be a name-matching issue with the sites as to uh, his projection not being there, but he is still in the field, so we will get that updated. 
um, and make sure his projection gets in there. He is 7,800 on DraftKings. All right. Uh, anything else? Let's see. That probably does it for 7,600 and up. If we go to the bottom part of the seven Ks, JJ Spawn is an interesting story. This was a guy who disappeared for a long time, and then we saw him all of a sudden climbing up leaderboards late in the summer. So he's up to 7,500. Our boy Nick, uh, Nick Hardy is also there. We've got Streelman, Adam Long, Stuart Sink. A lot of veterans kind of populating this price range. Russell Knox at 7,300. We've got Smalley. We've got Rogers. We've got Mark Hubbard. So uh, here's the guys that we're kind of used to being priced around this range, and they're still priced around this range. So perhaps there's some value in these 7K options, which I think is a great way to kind of round out your balance builds. If you start in the nines and you end in the sevens, you don't really have to go punting uh, with a lot of the players at the bottom. So um, stands to reason that maybe some of these guys are worth taking a look at. Yeah, that's a great point about the balance build. I definitely like ending in the seven Ks compared to the six Ks um, cash game tournaments, whatever it may be. I, I just think there's a pretty big drop off in talent. 7,300 love Mark Hubbard. Uh, he's a guy that has always been known for his putting uh, the ball striking really came around the last few months of last season. And, you know, he had to go back down to the Corn Ferry Tour and then, uh, you know, played. He got a few starts on the PJ Tour, did enough to earn his card. So, uh, you know, he's a guy that's not going to take it for granted. He has a couple of top 20s here as well. Uh, you mentioned Smalley and Hardy. Those were our two guys last year from the Corn Ferry Tour. And no unfortunately, they're still priced the same as they were last year. That means they, they didn't <laughs> go nuts. <laughs> that's, that's a good thing for us because uh, we're going to play him regardless. So better for them not to be in the AKs. Um, and I think, yeah, Hardy was T36 here last year. So I'll play a little bit of him. I always played Patrick Rogers in California. Um, I went to Stanford, ton of experience. I think he's made six straight cuts here. So I'll do that. And then other guys that rate out well that I just don't know what to do with, David Lipsky, Martin Laird, and Adam Svensson. Oh, yeah, Svensson, always a frustrating uh, fantasy play, but I, I... – at 7,200 and at single-digit ownership, he'll almost always end up in my player pool, and he'll be another one that can threaten for a top 10 or or miss the cut. Uh, Callum Taron had some decent results uh, kind of in the late summer as well. Don't mind taking a shot on him. What about Goderup? Uh, DFS darling, kind of the guy that people have suddenly liked to play, and uh, he got a few starts there late in the summer, and now he's, uh, he's back on tour at 7,100. So what are we doing with Goderup this week? Yeah, I'll play some Goddard up. Uh, it does look like he's going to be a little bit popular, but was it the John Deere he almost won? No, I think the John Deere um, – no, hang on a second. I don't – one of the – couple of the tournaments, he was the uh, – he was like the, the favorite, and I think that was one of them. Uh, oh, you're right, yeah. So John Deere was – yeah, he was four. And then maybe it was the week after that, like one yeah. of the secondary events, he was like the betting favorite and he missed the cut. That might have been like the next tournament after that. I got to pull up his. Yeah, I think it was. Um, his log here. So, so yeah, I mean, right. John Deere's not a not a bomber's course, but uh, he definitely gets it out there. So he can feast on these part fives. Yeah, he was T4 at the John Deere. And then the next week was the Barbasol. That's where he was like the betting favorite because that was a weak field and he missed the cut there. Uh, but then he went 31, 49, 54 after that, the, his finishes. What about Luke List, the 7,000? I think, <laughs> I, think I played him uh, at the well, this BMW, and he lost nine strokes putting. Nine strokes putting one. in the first round. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
And then he gained like two or three strokes the next day. He bounced yeah, back. He was great the, the next uh, three rounds. But uh... yeah, I mean, the ball striking is always going to be there. He's going to hit some of the par fives and two, and then he'll three putt him for a par. But <laughs> one in uh... Cali last year. <laughs> It's not going to be any worse than last time. How about seven, that? I mean, seven K in this film. Come on, I don't mind it. He can he can be the dart throw, uh, cheap play du jour of the week. Throw some Luke List into some GPP builds. Anyone else in the sevens? I don't think so. I mean, the guys that you know, I don't know. This is the type of course where I feel like sometimes you like the Brendan Todd types, but. Not necessarily, not enough birdies, maybe on a, if it's going to play like a shootout. Has he played well here in the past? I don't think so, or at least nothing to write home about. Yeah, you know, he seems to be a Bermuda guy. Same with McCarthy, but I could be wrong. Um, see, Hondos has got a tag on Ekrote, uh, who is another one of the uh, Corn Ferry Tour class graduates. So. Uh, Noto and I have mentioned a couple of them with Montgomery and Suh. Um, Ekro, 10 top 10s and 16 starts on the uh, Corn Ferry Tour. So uh, I know our boy Hondaza likes him a little bit this week. I can get behind that. Charlie Hoffman all the way down to 7K in this field. And he's coming off a tough year as well. Ricky Fowler, 7K. Harris English, 7K. Uh, all the veterans that, uh, you know, you're not, we're not batting an eye with those guys being priced down here, which is wild. But uh I don't think I like any anybody else above seven K. I can get a I can get on Road a little bit. Yeah, the Harris English one, that's interesting. I, mean, I was playing him thirty weeks in a row, I felt like <laughs> a couple of years ago. And he was uh top twenty and twenty every week, but he's had some injuries and so hopefully he'll uh get going again this year. All right. Uh, we can round it out here with some discussion of the punt plays. Uh there's not a ton to love under seven thousand. Uh, Will Gordon, Correct. shout out to Will Gordon's got his PJ Tour card back. My boy Doug Gim is only 6,600, and there's no explanation as to needed as to why I marked him up this week. Uh, everybody knows I like Doug Gim, particularly in a field where there isn't a lot of value to love under 7K. It's all going to come down to the putter with him. Uh, he's pretty much above average in this field and everything else, and he's super cheap. So, uh, but he's been like Luke List esh with the putter. Uh, over the last four or five months. So hopefully he can just putt average and uh, and then he would be a nice uh, nice play at that price point. But uh, there's a lot of ugly. Uh, Benny On's got his tour car back, so he's uh, he's down there at 6,500 this week. We've seen guys like Adam Schenk pop before, but uh, these are really just kind of dart throw GPP plays at best. So your thoughts on anybody that pops down here in the 6Ks? There's a couple guys that rate out well, but I'm making one lineup this week. I'm not touching the 6Ks. Uh, not an MME week for me, I don't think. But the guys that do rate out well, uh, a lot of names that we saw last year, Smotherman, Grayson Sig, Chad Ramey, all, uh, you know, I've had one year of PGA Tour experience now. And then Matias Schwab, he's been bad forever. I don't know how he still rates out well for me, but um, he rates out well in Jamino's model a lot too. And we, we always uh, – you know, write each other. What what is he doing to to write out so well in these models? But uh, he never seems to play well. Are you muted? Yep. Uh, welcome to the uh, welcome to the club. No, my mic does that once a show. It's a tradition. It just mutes itself. <laughs> 
automatically. And guess what? It's eight o'clock. It's eight o'clock on the nose. There has to be something with the time. I can't believe this. It, it, so we've been going through this weird thing with my mic muting once a show without me muting it. It just mutes. And then somebody has to tell me, well, you're muted or it's doing it again. And two times during the college football show, it's happened at exactly 10 o'clock my time. And now here, eight o'clock on the nose, it happened. But it's not always on the hour. So I don't know. Uh, the, the mystery continues. I think I might have a ghost in the house. Um, yeah, so I I don't know. There's just not much. You, your point is valid that if you're making one lineup, it just doesn't make sense to go down into this range this week. Um, too much uncertainty. Plenty of good players in the lower end of the 7K range that uh, that have some appeal. So uh, next week we've got the President's Cup, uh, which is going to feel a little different. The international team is is fairly weak uh, with all the, uh, the the live tour guys not playing, but uh i don't know is that gonna be weird is the president's cup gonna be weird man i i was gonna make a huge bet on usa a couple months ago they're minus 300 on DraftKings sportsbook and they are now minus 700 um oh that's so, wild uh, yeah and so we we kind of knew all those a lot of those guys were going to go to live and now that it's official it's just you can't really bet it so yeah it's, it's going to be weird it should probably be uh, you know, butt kicking, but it'll be, it'll be fun. Well, we shall see how that plays out next week. So that's, uh, right after the start of the fall swing, we get a bye week, uh, from a, a DFS perspective. So no, uh, though they might do con might do weird contests for it. I know they've done that for the Ryder cup. I think a couple, yeah. the last couple times, um, which there's some interesting strategy involved depending on who's playing and, and all that stuff. But uh, we'll have to see what comes out for that next week, but uh, no standard tournament next week. And then the Sanderson farms uh, rounding out the last week of September back to the fall swing before the Shriners, the Zozo and the CJ cup uh, to get us rolling in October. So after next week, after the president's cup, uh, we'll have a good eight, nine weeks of consecutive tournaments uh, before the fall swing winds down for the, the holiday break. So uh, no show next week, but we'll be back two weeks from now. Uh, anybody, anything else or anybody else in this field that you think we've missed or that you want to pass along? I don't think so. Just one of those weeks, you know, kind of make a couple lineups, have some fun. But, uh, you know, it's one of those, that time of year where, you know, football, baseball kind of taking up the majority of the time right now. Yeah, so uh, just get uh, dip your toes back in, get your feet wet, and get ready for some golf this week. And uh, good luck with all your lineups. Thanks to Noto for hosting with me. Thanks to Devin for producing behind the scenes for us. Good luck with your golf lineups this week, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. And uh, as always, if you are interested, if you're watching this show uh, for free on our YouTube channel, please uh, give us a like, subscribe to the channel. Uh, maybe check out our premium content over at Roto Grinders. Lots of good stuff as golf gets rolling. Uh, and uh, we got the combo package as well if you're interested in all the sports. Busy time of year on the sports calendar for sure. So enjoy the week, everybody. Good luck with all your lineups. And uh, for Noto, I'm Justin. We'll see you, everybody. 